Amen. Amen. Keep on playing, Philip. to say that I love you more than anything. In your arms, you are my shelter from the sun. When all my friends are gone, you are right there all alone. I live like this before oh, I just want to say that I Amen, 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 amen There's nothing wrong with giving God a little bit more praise Amen, amen And this morning we do invite your attention to the book of First Kings Chapter number 17 to the book of First Kings. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. We just thank and praise God for your presence. want to <clears throat> deal with the word of God this morning and talk about the power of the believer. The power of the believer. First Kings chapter number 17. Amen. Father, bless your word. We thank you right now, Lord God. We ask, Lord God, that you will use this vessel of clay. And allow your Holy Spirit to run through it with power and demonstration. In Jesus' name, amen. 1 Kings chapter number 17, beginning reading at verse number 1. And verse number 1 says, And Elijah the Tisbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. It's amazing that believers do not know the power that they possess. Here, Elijah, who is a prophet, now he has spoken to Ahab. Now, Ahab represents the, the false religion or it represents idolatry. And Ahab now, he's, he's moved away from God. And, and what has happened is now God has sent Elijah. Uh, and Elijah says to him, he says, uh, before whom I stand, because he was standing before God. He said, before whom I stand, there should not be dew nor rain these years. But he says, but according to my word. In other words, he's saying that word do that means there will be not a covering of blessings until I release the word of God to, to call for the rain to come again. Now, what most people do not understand is the believer does have power. Now, here this man is, he, he's a prophet, he's a mere man, and he speaks a word on the behalf of God, and he said, I'm going to stop the blessings that will come upon your life. It will be according to the word of God. See, what had happened, Ahab had gotten outside the will of God. And, and now, sometimes people may say, now, wait a minute, how can we speak to the elements of, of the universe 
and speak and tell rain to cease from coming. And last night as I was thinking and I was um, pondering in the wee hours in the morning, I was pondering of the word of God. And I remember that there was a church that I used to attend and, and the pastor uh, now, he's deceased, Dr. C.E. McDowell. An awesome man of God. And if he spoke a word, you could just bank on whatever he said that it was going to come to pass. And I remember the church was having a yard sale, and it was for the building fund. And the weatherman had called for rain that day. And as we gathered together, he said, now I want you all to pray. And he said, it will not rain until we reach our goal. And some people looked at him and said, well, you know, it's going to rain because, see, that was an overcast over us, and it, it appeared like it was going to rain. But over into the late afternoon, all of a sudden now, the clouds began to get dark. We had reached our goal. And because sometimes man can be greedy, I'll never forget this deacon said, said well, since God has just been, uh, held us this long, well, what we need to do, we need to keep on going. We need to uh, carry it on out a little bit longer. And so, so the pastor said, he said, now wait a minute. He said, now God said that uh, it's time for us to pack up and go in. About 10 minutes later, and some people failed to accept what the prophet had said. And 10 minutes later, all of a sudden, we, the rain start pouring down. See, believers, we as believers, we do have that kind of power. Amen? Can I, can I get a witness on that? Amen? We may not operate in that power, but we do have that kind of power. Now, let's see of a scripture that would support that the believer has that kind of power. Let's look at the book of James. James chapter number 5. Now keep your place in, in 1 Kings because we're going to come back there. The book of James uh, chapter number 5 is where we want to go. James 5 and 17, verse 17. Uh, the book of James chapter number 5, verse number 17. To, to prove uh, by scripture that the believer does have that kind of power. Amen. New Testament. The book of James, uh, verse chapter number 5, verse number 17. Amen? Are we there? Now, verse 17 in James 5 says, Elijah was a man subject to like passions as what? As we are. In other words, Elijah is just a human being just the way we are. So if he can call for the rain not to, for it not to rain and then call for it to rain, that means we as believers, we have that same kind of power. He's a human being. Amen. So he says now in verse 17, says, Elisha was a man subject to like passions as we are. And he prayed what? Earnestly. Maybe that's our problem. We don't pray earnestly. Well, he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. Wow, that's powerful. It rained not. He called for it to not rain, and it did not rain for three and a half years. Hmm. And verse 18 says, And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth a fruit. Hmm. See, Elijah was not a superhuman being. 
He just allowed the supernatural to be placed on the natural. That's what we have to do as believers. We have to allow the, the power of God to be placed on our natural, the supernatural on the natural. We can call those things that are not as though they were. Now, let's get back to 1 Kings, 1 Kings chapter number 17. Let's get back here. Good word, good word. Good word. 1 Kings chapter number 17. Just want to teach so we can get this thing in our spirit. We want it in our spirit so we can operate in that power. All right. 1 Kings chapter 17, verse number 2. Watch this. It says, and the word of the Lord came unto him saying. He's talking to Elijah. The word of, the word of God came to Elijah. He says, now, get thee hence and turn thee eastward and hide thyself by the brook of Sherit that is before Jordan. Hmm. Hide thyself. The word of God speaks to him, tells him to hide himself eastward. I mean, eastward is within. And then he says, by the brook of Sherit that is before Jordan. The, the word brook there means, it, the word brook there means, where the word of the Lord flows freely. It's where the word of the Lord f- flows freely. The, the word sherit there means, uh, that particular word there means a place of isolation. See, he tells him, he, because there's a place he has to go in God, uh, he tells him, now you've got to hide yourself by the brook. And once you hide yourself by the brook, and that's where the, the water flows freely because I've got to do some things in you. First of all, you have to be isolated. He tells him, you go by the brook. You, you go where the word flows freely. You need to go into isolation. And the reason why you need to go into isolation because now you have to totally allow the Lord to be your total source. You have to totally depend upon God. Once you totally depend on God for your resources, see, everything else is cut off. One of, one of mankind's problems, we have our resources in the wrong thing. We have our resources in man rather than having our resources in the source who is God. He said, now, you go into a place of isolation. I need you to, to be there because I have a purpose and a plan for your life. Now, watch what happens here. Now, verse number 4 in 1 Kings chapter 17 says this. And it says, And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. Hmm. Now, before we can go up, we got to make sure we're down. We have to go down. In order to go to a higher place, we have to be in a, a lower place, a place of humbleness. But then God says, now that you've, you've gone through that tenure of isolation and you're beginning to depend on me, he said, now what's going to happen? Because, see, it's a drought. It's a drought going on. See, even in the lives today, spiritually, whenever there's a spiritual, spiritual drought, there is a physical drought. So if you've got some problems in the physical and there's a drought in our life, that means there's a drought in our spirit man. In our spiritual life, there is a drought. So he's saying now, he's now, this is what I'm going to do when you go by where the, uh, the word flows freely, by the brook. He said, now, I am going to command the ravens to feed thee there. Watch verse 5. Verse 5 says, and the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook. Now, 
God says now, this, this, this is, is interesting now. He says now, he said, now listen, you go by the brook, and I'm going to command the raven. Now, you got to understand something. A raven is a scavenger. A raven is a meat eater. It don't bring meat. It eats meat. But God said, I'm going to command. In other words, it's against its will. So God says this. He says, because it's against the will of your enemy, what I'm going to do is I am going to command your enemy to bless you in the drought season. So if you're in a drought season, God said your enemy is going to bless you. If you're in a season of drought, spiritually and physically, God said, I am going to command your enemy to bless you. That's awesome. That's awesome. The very one that, that, that did you wrong, the very one that rose up against you, God said, I'm going to command them to bless you. And even in a drought season, I'm like, God, that, that is awesome. That, that is truly awesome. Even in your darkest hour, God says, I'm going to have your enemy to bless you. They won't understand why. And the reason why they're going to bless you is because I have commanded them to bless you. That's awesome. That's awesome. Have you ever been blessed by somebody and you're like, why in the world are these people blessing me? Especially if you done done them wrong. Can I, can I go there? Amen. Because you know, none of us are perfect. Amen. Well, we've done them wrong. You know, we, all of a sudden enemies come along and bless you. That, that's power. That's because God himself has commanded them to bless you. Now, let's look at verse, verse number 6. Now, it says, And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook. He, in other words, that scavenger, that, that very one, your enemy, God said, I'm going to allow them to bring you a, a blessings in your breakthrough, which is your morning season. And then not only that, he's going to bless you in your breakthrough through season but he's also going to bless you in the evening and your evening is the best state of man your highest state your enemy still will be blessing you and but see that's the power of a believer see once a believer speak a word that is it's up to to the those god has spoken that word to to carry out his will so now let's look at let's look at verse number seven verse seven Verse 7 says this, and it came to pass after a while that the brook did what? It dried up. See, God will not always allow the same person to bless you to bless you. After a while, when you go to that well, you know, when you always say, I can go to that person and surely they will help me out. Well, see, God will put a drought in, in their life. He'll dry up that brook. So he can open up another brook. Amen. So you can see the power of God. You can see the power of God. He says in verse 7, for, uh, 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 7, he says, And it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. See, you remember the very first verse, you know, Elijah spoke and he said, There would not be any rain nor dew uh, until I say so, until I speak that word. So that was a drought. That was a drought. Many people are in drought seasons today. I thought about, what I thought about was, I have a good friend that's in California. And they've been going, they were going through a serious drought. And they had been praying and praying and praying for rain. And it seemed like every year they were in a more severe drought. And then when God allowed it to rain, it flooded. They were celebrating about the flood. And they had been dry for so long, they, was, they, they accepted the flood. 
Even the flood caused damages. They were still excited because their drought season was over. But, but well, let me show you something. Even Sometimes God can be blessing on one end in somebody else's life, and you'll be in a drought season. Well, how is that possible? Now, keep your place in 1 Kings chapter 17, and let's go to the book of Amos, Old Testament. The book of Amos, the book of Amos chapter number 4. The book of Amos, the book of Amos. Uh, Amos uh, is right after Hosea, and you find the book of Daniel uh, right before Hosea, then you'll be able to find the book of Amos. Amen. And the book of Amos chapter number 4. We're talking about how it can rain in one area and not in another area. It's just like in our uh, normal everyday life. It can rain and in, in, in where we live, but somewhere else not far from us, they won't get any rain. Now, what's the word of God says to back up that scripture? Amos chapter 4. It says, <clears throat> and starting with verse number 7, it says, And also I have withholden the rain from you. When there were yet three months to the harvest, and I caused it to rain upon one city and caused it not to rain upon another city. You see the power of God. One piece was rained upon, and the, and the piece whereupon it rained, it did not wither. So what God says, I, I have the power where I can allow it to, to rain and to bless someone else in, in, in another location. Or it might be your friend, or it might be your next door neighbor. He said, I can bless them, and you can still be in a drought season. That's, that's the power of God. This is the kind of power we, 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 we operate with, or, or we know that God who has that kind of power. And, and the sad part is, says, I will rehold it three months before your harvest. Three months before you're ready to be blessed, you've sowed and you've sowed and you've sowed, and it's right at harvest season, all of a sudden God said, I'm going to withhold it. I think, you know, sometimes we, 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 we get excited about, we kind of, Dr. Mel and I kind of joke about this, you know, usually people get a lot of uh, income tax money back every year. And, you know, we had that tax break, amen, and supposedly we had the tax break. Therefore, they put more money back into your, to, to your check. Well, it just so happened when you got your tax money back, it was less than what you thought you was going to have. And some people was turning around, had to end up paying back taxes, thinking they was going to get some back. They got less than they ever had. So, so what God can do, he said, I can withhold that very thing you depended on because you've sown and you've sown and you've sown. And right at your harvest season, right at your reaping season, to, to get your blessing from your sowing, God says, this is what I'll do. I'll withhold the rain. I'll withhold your blessing. You know, ever been waiting on something and it seemed like it didn't come? And when it did come, it wasn't what you thought it was going to be. Well, have you ever thought about why it happened that way? Could be God has been withholding from your harvest for a reason. Now, he says, now, 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 I, I, I'm going to uh, uh, withhold. I'm going to rain somewhere. I'm going to bless somebody somewhere else. And, and, and I'm going to hold back from you. That's why we should never get upset when you see God blessing somebody else. And the reason why is because we got to look at our own, do some inventory of our own selves, and see why our stuff is being withheld. Amen. It might be that besides me. Amen. <laughs> got to do that. Now, let's go back. Let's go back now. Let's go back to... First King chapter number 17. First King. First King chapter number 17. Mm-hmm. First King chapter number 17. See, there's some lessons we can learn. Amen. 
Amen. There's some lessons <clears throat> that we can learn. That's some we can, lessons that we can learn from the scriptures of our everyday life. Amen. Now, watch what God does. Now, God has placed him in a place of isolation. You know, he's placing Elijah in a place of isolation. And, and, and from that isolation, he has to learn to depend totally on God. When, when our brook dry up, that means God is causing us, calling us to depend totally on him for all of our resources. Now, 1 Kings chapter 17, and let's look at verse number 8. Watch the second place now. Watch, watch the second place. Now, the second place in verse number 8, it says, And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. Now, there's a lot of stuff right there. There's a lot of stuff right there in verse number 8. There's a lot of stuff there. First of all, God's telling him to go to a different place. He's going down to Zarephath. Now, the word Zarephath there means purification and refinement. See, once God gets through isolating you, and once God finishes causing us to totally depend on him, then he said, now you're ready to go to the next place. The next place is a place of purification. See, you're going somewhere. You got to go to Mount Carmel. <laughs> That's the high place. See, he says now, you, 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 you go down to Zarephath, and right there, that's where you're going to be purified. That, I hear you, Holy Spirit. That's when your trials intense, when purification comes, because fire is put to you. Amen. When, 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 when your trials and hardships and sickness and pain and suffering, all those things come upon you. See, that's a, that's a way of purification, because there are some things that's within us that's not like God. Amen. That there are some things that, that God said, I want to share. He said, I've got to refine you because where I'm going to take you to the Mount Carmel, it's going to be the battle of the gods. And when you get ready to go up to the battle of gods, you've got to be purified. You can't have self on the inside of you. You've got to make sure it's told God because it's told God that can go up against Satan and win the battle. See, we can go up against Satan and still not win. Amen. Because we've got some other stuff in us that's not like God. So he said, now, the second place I'm going to take you is to a place of purification. Oh, God, thank you. And I said, ouch, God, I don't want to go there. I, don't, I said, God, I don't, I don't want to go there because it hurts. It's painful. It's suffering, you know. That, that, that's what it is. Now, he tells him now, he said, not only do you go there, he said, but I have commanded a widow woman here, there, to sustain thee. Now, there's that command again. First, he commanded the raven, the scavenger. To bring you some meat. <laughs> to bring you some blessings and some goods. Amen. He, com- he commands. Now he's commanding the widow woman. Now we got to understand now this widow woman, that, that word widow woman, widow there means one without Christ. To be one without Christ, that means she was a heathen. Now he didn't, oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. He didn't say he's going to command one of your brothers or sisters to bless you. He said, I'm going to command a widow. Widow means one in the spirit realm, means one without Christ. And command is going to be against their will, but because God has commanded it, they don't have a choice except but to do it. Amen. Mm, thank you, Holy Spirit. Now watch this. Now watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Mm, thank you, Holy Spirit. Mm. He says now, he says now, in verse number 10, 
in First Kings chapter 17. He says, so he arose and he went to Zephyr. He, he, he goes there to that place of purification. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks. And he called to her and said, fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in, in a vessel that I may drink. She was gathering her thoughts because she had a plan. See, gathering those sticks means she was gathering her thoughts. And look what he asked for her. And, and it's a drought now. It's a drought. It's a dry season. And it hadn't been, there was no rain. But he asked her to give him some water. He asked for something that's precious. It's precious to her, precious to her family. But he said, go get me, a, go get me some water. It's a drought. How many of us would give up what we have, especially when we know it's our last dime? Will we, will, we, will we do that? But you know what? He had commanded her to do that. He had commanded, even though she was without Christ, sometimes the Son of Man will bless you quicker than a saint. Can I, can I say that again? Sometimes the Son of Man will bless us quicker than one that professed that they are believers. Well, maybe that's why God commanded, because he knows they will freely give. Amen? Now watch this. Watch, watch, watch this, watch this, watch the word. Watch the word. He commands her to, 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 to bring him a little, a little water. He didn't ask for a lot. He said, a little water in a vessel. Now, verse 11 says, and as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, bring me the a morsel of bread in thine hand. Hmm. Here it is. She's depleted, but yet... He's not only asking for water, but he's also asking for food. How he said, "Bring me some, bring me some bread." You know, Serena, it's been a drought season. The, the first brook had had dried up, and so here it is now. He's gone to a heathen, asking. Sometimes, you know, uh, uh, the Bible says it's good to make friends with mammon. Because, see, when you make friends with mammon, the next thing you know, those are so people going to bless you. That's why you have to be careful and who, who to reject. Be careful just not be rejecting anybody. You, you, because you don't know, ever know who's going to bless you. You don't know that. So, so he's asking for a morsel of bread. He, she's, she's depleted. Let's take it spiritually. She's depleted of the word. And he's asking her for a morsel of bread, which is the word. How can you give something that you do not have? How do how do you see a lot of believers, a lot of a, a, a lot of saints today? They are depleted from the word of God. The word is irrelevant to them. the The word is is, is not uh, uh, powerful. The word is not powerful to them. The word is still a place of it's me. Oh, I hear your Holy Spirit. It's like the word is mediocre in these days and times. It's more about everything than God's word. So he asked for that. Now look at verse number 12 and 1 Kings chapter number 17. Now verse 12 says, And she said, As the Lord thy God giveth, I have not a cake but a handful of meal in a barrel and a little cruise and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I'm gathering two sticks that I may go in, dress it for me and my son, that we may eat and die. She already had a plan. 
in, in her mind. She had all her thoughts had already been gathered up. You know that 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 that. Okay, I'm a, uh, I'm going to prepare this. I just got a little bit uh, in her possession, in our possession. That's why God says, "Strengthen that which is remaineth and ready to die." God tells her to strengthen that because, see, a lot of Christians are walking around uh, about to die in their spirit, spirit man. Uh, they're dying in their spirit man. So she said, this is all I got, and you ask me? You, you're, you're, you are asking me to give up what little water, what little word I do have, and, and, and bring it and give it to you? When, what I'm doing is I'm gathering my thoughts because, I, oh, I hear your Holy Spirit. I'm getting ready to gather my thoughts, and I'm going about ready to commit suicide. He says, see, I've got enough for me and my son, and, and for me and my son, after that we eat, then we're going to die. There are so many people out there today are planning their, their suicides and we as believers have not a clue what's going on. We're still shouting. We're still running. We're still doing church stuff. Amen. We're not doing the, the things of, of, of God. Uh, we're not praying as we ought. We're not eating God's word as, as, as we ought. We're not believing God because we have the power to turn those things around. I, I remember, and I said, I shared this before, uh, that Dr. Manley had a friend. And his friend was contemplating committing suicide, and he had posted all on Facebook. His wife had left him and, and, and took all the money and, and, and left him with nothing, and he had 24 hours to get out, 24 hours to leave the premises. And he, he, gave, he gave a plea. And one of the people that was on Facebook, they said to him, why don't you go ahead and do it? But yet they profess, profess to be Christians. Go ahead and do it. And, and so what Dr. Manley did, he, he calls him. He said, Brenda, he said, I recognize that person. I know who that is. He said, that's my cousin. So what he does, he, he, he sends him a message on the inbox, and, and he calls him, and then he tells him, he said, listen, he said, what do you need? And he said, the another lady that was on Facebook that, that he knew, he said, if you can get to where, uh, up in Ohio where I live, then what I will do is I will make sure you have a place to stay because he was about to be homeless. He was a man that had never been homeless before. You see, we don't never know how a person feels when they experience certain things in life. Because the first thing they want to do is take their life because they feel like there's nothing else to live for. So what happens is we, 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 we go to, and we tell them, okay, we'll get your bus ticket and we will send you to Ohio. He, he get, we get the bus ticket. We go and pick him up. Now, you can't allow enough space there for the enemy to play, especially when somebody's talking about taking their life. You got to, you got to be ready. You got to be able to move and you got to follow the will of God. You got to put everything you feel aside and do what God tells you to do. He ends up, we pick him up, put, take him to the, uh, in Greenville, uh, there to the, to the bus station and he gets on the, on, on the, uh, uh, bus and it had five changes. I said, Lord, have mercy. Five different places he had to get out and plus the man could not barely see. He even told the, the, the guy that he said, I can't even read my ticket, so I don't even know where, where to go get my bags. I don't know when I pick up my bags. I, I can't read. And I said, brother, God will allow you to see what you need to see. And the next thing we knew, after maybe a 15-hour bus ride, he, he sends back a message. He calls and he said, I've gotten here all right. See, that's where the church should have shouted right there. Amen. 
Yeah, because if we never know what, what people are going through. This lady here in the text, she was ready to commit suicide. Eat her last meal with her son, which is to build in her. Because see, her well had dried up. Many Christians' wells have dried up. And because they've dried up, they have nowhere to go. And they think in their mind. And that's where it's so important that we be at a state of mindfulness. Of, of the goodness of God. The, the mind is how good God is. Now, now look at verse number 13 and 1 Kings chapter number 17. Now, let's, let's, let's see here. Let's, let's continue. Verse 13 says, And Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me therefore a little cake first and bring it to me, and after, make for thee and for thy son. Now, you know, most of us would say it, the devil is a lie. We would have said, amen. What we would have said is this. We would have said, no, 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 I just got a little bit. And I'm not going to give mine up. But the first thing he speaks to is the fear. Now, the fear is absence of faith. It's the opposite of faith. So he speaks to the fear. He speaks to the fear. He says, now, what you do is you go, you make mine first. Now, we don't like to put somebody else before us first. Amen. Then he says, then you go, and what you do is make for yourself and for your son. Huh. Don't seem like he would say that. But see, watch what he says now in verse number 14. After he speaks, this is the power of the believer. This is where we have to go. This is what we have to get in our mind when it comes down to the power of the believer. Verse 14, 1 Kings chapter 17. He says, for thus saith Elijah, no. He says, for thus saith the Lord God of Israel. He was speaking on the behalf of God. This is what he says. The barrel of meal shall not waste Neither shall the crews of oil fail until the day that the Lord sent a rain upon earth. See, that was there with the believer. The believer also has the power of persuasion. Power of persuasion. Speak those things as they are. Speak those things that are not as though they were. Now, he persuades her. He speaks to the fear first. He has to silence the fear. Then, he, then she goes and, and he tells her, if you do this, God will make provisions for you. See, that's the next thing. Provisions are made. The power of persuasion is, is, is done. He said, if you do this, and, and verse 15 says this in 1 Kings chapter 17. And she went, look at this, that's the power of persuasion. And have you ever went somewhere on God's word? When somebody spoke to you and you knew that they spoke with power? And you knew they spoke with power and demonstration. And you knew that it was God. And they persuaded you to do something you wouldn't normally have done. Because the power of God, the anointing then is speaking. 15 says, and she went and did according to the saying of Elijah. And she and he, her son, and her house. Now, wait a minute. Now, all he talks about in the beginning was she was talking about herself and her son, Builder. Now, the house is included. So that means that when God persuaded her to do what she did, whoever she was out of sync with, she went and got them too. 
Because it says, not only, not only now, not only, <laughs> that's awesome, God. Not only was it her and her son, it's also, it's and her house, in verse 15. And her house did eat many days. We're talking about, it's a drought. Here it is, but because you obeyed, because she obeyed what the man of God had said, what happened was not only did she eat, did her son ate, but her whole household. In other words, your offsprings will be blessed too. When, when we do the will of God, when we're obedient, we follow the, the plan of God and do what the man of God or, or, or the, the person of God is saying and speaking, God said, I'm going to bless you, not only you, but I'm going to bless your family. I'm going to bless the offsprings of your house. So those offsprings weren't there in the beginning. She was gathering her thoughts to commit suicide with just her and her son. But it also brought about reconciliation. Oh, I hear your Holy Spirit. It brought about reconciliation. And I don't know who the Lord is speaking to, but somebody's out of sync with their family. So God said, when we operate in obedience, then your household will be reconciled. And once your household is reconciled, they will be blessed just like you are blessed. Can I get an amen on that one? Amen. Amen. So in other words, you know, when God blesses me and my household, I'm looking for my daughter and and my son-in-law and my grandkids. I'm looking for everybody and my sisters and my brothers. I'm looking for all of them to be blessed too. Amen. See, see, that's the power of the believer. You got to think that way. You, you can't be like, I don't know if that's going to happen. No, the Bible then already told you that we have to like passions like Elijah. He spoke to the rain and told it, do not rain. And it didn't rain for three and a half years. He said, we got that same passion. He was a human. He was a human being. We are human beings. And God says that we have that same kind of power. I wonder how many blessings we got still laying up in the storehouse with, with dust on it. That we have not called, called down, we have not spoken down from heaven. And see, that's the power of the believer. Can we believe that we got that kind of power? Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. I believe it all in my heart. I believe, I believe it. It's in God's timing, but I still believe it. Amen. It's up to every individual. It's up to every individual. Now, thank you, Holy Spirit. Now, now, watch 16. Watch 16. Watch God prove, prove his word. And we're almost done. Watch God prove his word. Verse 16, 1 King chapter 17. Verse 16 says, And the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by who? By Elijah. So a lot of times we can't hear the word of God because we're, we look too much at the individual and not the God that's in the individual. Because he says here, he said, it did not fail. I mean, they had, they lived for many, he said, and really in actuality when you research it, they lived for a whole year of that small handful of meal and that little cruise of oil. One whole year while everybody else was in a drought. That's power. That, that, that's, that's knowing the power of God. See, we're about to experience, I hear you, Holy Spirit, we are about to experience another drought season. But, but it, it, when it comes down to the people of God and those that believe and have followed the instructions of God, then what's going to happen? You won't be touched by it. You will not be touched by that drought. You won't be touched. Mm-mm. 
When you put your trust in the Lord, God says even when all these things come, you know, the, the, the heat, the, the, the hardship and the trials and, and the tribulations, all those things come. He said you won't even be touched by it. Gas prices is going back. Y'all see that? Gas prices back to, I think the other day I had to pay, to pay almost $2.79 a gallon for a gallon for a gallon of gas. Now, you know I was hurting. I didn't like that. I'm, I'm used to that Obama $2 a gallon gas. You know what I'm saying? But now I'm operating in the Trump gas $2.79 now. I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. God said, you better start putting up. God said, you better start putting up. He says, there's about to be a drought. Nebraska, filled with water. I mean, flooded out. I mean, their livelihood. I mean, that means whatever we, that's, we have coming from these different places that's in devastation, that means where we are, everything's going to go up. It's going to go up. So it's time to put up and not spin out too much. Learn to put up. There's a drought coming, and we don't want to be touched by it. So he says, now listen, he said, now, as the word of God has spoken through Elijah, it didn't fail. Now, let's go, let's, let's go now to 1 Kings chapter 18. We're almost done. 1 Kings chapter number 18. Remember, I told you that, that, that Elijah had to go someplace. He had to go to a place called Mount Carmel. Now, Mount Carmel, Mount Carmel uh, uh, is, is such a powerful powerful place because it's where the kings go to battle it's where the gods of gods go to battle it's it's the battle of gods and god is about to to when he when he when he's ready to to elevate us to a higher place then he's i've got to prepare you and so what he tells what happens now he not only does elijah hide himself out but can't nobody find him see a lot of times people want to come and want to know what's going on God will put you in seclusion so nobody can get to you until God is ready to release you to speak a word. And he's beginning to speak a word and he tells Obadiah, he said, listen, let me tell you something. He said, he shows up and he said, what I want you to do is you go tell Ahab, that that, that false religion, because I'm speaking to false religion now. You go tell him to meet me on Mount Carmel. So Obadiah said, no, wait a minute, wait a minute. Here is, you have disappeared. And you telling me to go tell the king that you're saying to meet him someplace? He said, no, 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 no. I'm not going to do that for you to disappear again. He said, I hear some prophets. You see, you always got some heathens that will hide out the people of God, that will always bless the people of God. You, you've got those. But what he's saying, he said, now, wait a minute. He said, I can't do that. He said, well, listen, uh, Eliza tells him, he said, I, I'm going to be right there. I promise you, you go tell him to come on. And I want to make sure he understands. So when Ahab shows up to him and they, they meet face to face, and he tells him, he says, I want you to meet me on Mount Karma. See, Mount Karma, hallelujah, Mount Karma is your highest state in your spirit of being. Your highest state that the enemy does not want you to get to. Because he knows if you ever get to the highest state of your spiritual being, you can take down every dragon, every demon in hell, you can take it down. That's why he fights against so many people. Why have you ever thought why there are so many homeless people? And have you ever uh, had a conversation with some of them? They are the most intelligent people that you could ever imagine. You say, how in the world do they end up on the street? I tell you. Because they've got a jewel, a diamond on, on the inside of them that, that the enemy does not want released. 
I mean, they are diamonds in the rock. And once one come forth, it's the enemy's job to try to kill them because they does not want them to operate in this higher state. God doesn't. Uh, God wants us to operate in our highest being, our highest state, so we can go to war on Mount Carmel. Okay. Now, now, isn't it amazing that the very thing, the drought, when they get ready to prepare for the battle, that they build the altar, but they pour water all on the altar. Wait a minute. Water is a scarcity. It's, it's, it's precious. There's a drought, and you would think they were wasting it. But no, there's a battle on Mount Carmel. That's a battle. It's a battle. Making a long story short, verse 41 and 1 Kings 18. Going went through the battle. Elijah wins the battle. God wins the battle. Now watch what happens now when you're obedient. 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 41. Verse 41 says, And Elijah said unto Ahab, Get thee up, eat and drink. I wonder where he got the food from because it's a drought. For there is a sound of abundance of rain. I heard the Lord say to me, he said, Brenda, he said, get up out of whatever situation you're in. He said, because there is a sound. And what that sound is that he's sending through uh, the, the earth is an abundance of rain, an abundance of blessings. We had a phone call yesterday. When I say abundance of blessings, make sure you're sensitive to the Holy Spirit. We had a phone call yesterday, and, and they had left a voice message, and I'm like, Normally, I figure this is what I'm telemarketing. So I'm not going to listen to that. And lo and behold, there's this gentleman. He leaves this, he leaves this message, and he said, Dr. Manley, I've got some things for you. I need you to come and pick up. Just let me know when you can come and get it. Out of nowhere, an abundance of blessings. And I'm so excited because I'm like, okay, God, I can't hardly wait. Because, see, this is not the first time this person has made a phone call. And told us to come and get some stuff. In fact, some people that's here and some people that's not here experience those blessings. They receive those blessings. And we're talking about some stuff that was very expensive, name brand stuff. So I, I don't know what's coming, but I know it's going to be free. Abundance of blessing. Amen. He said, now, he said, now, I heard a sound. God says that the sound that we're hearing right now, he says, even though the drought is coming, he says, I'm going to bless you, but you got to know what to do with the blessing. You got to know what to do with the blessing. You got to learn not to, to, to waste what you have. Amen. He says, now, but, but he says, now, he's now, now, here's the power of the believer. He tells him, he says, you get down. He says, I hear the abundance of rain. Look at verse 42, 1 Kings chapter 18. For, uh, verse 42 says, So Ahab went up. That means false religion heard. Hmm. And Ahab went up to eat and to drink. And Elijah went up to the top of Carmel, to, to, uh, at his highest state, his highest spiritual state. And he cast himself down upon the earth, and he put his face between his knees. He humbled himself because he also found it out in his highest state is his most fruitful place. In your highest state is your most fruitful place. So he humbled himself. So God said he's calling for the believer. He's calling for the church to humble themselves because God is about to do some magnificent things. He's about to do some magnificent things. Now listen, 
If you're in a drought, listen for the sound. Listen for the sound if you're in a dry season. Listen for the sound if, if, if you're in a hard place and you're in a rock in a hard place and, and you know you got a need and you, you can't get the need met. God said, listen for the sound. Listen for the sound of the rain. Listen for the sounds of the blessings. See, the, I can hear the sound of the blessings coming our way. I, I hear it. Thank you, Holy Spirit. That's why God says, go ahead and empty out the, fam- the, the food pantry because I'm getting ready to bless again. And you know what? I was obedient because I'm crazy enough to believe God. <laughs> I'm just crazy enough to believe God. It came free before. It came in good days, 2020, 2019. It came in good days. So I'm believing God. He said, empty it out. And that's what I'm doing. We're emptying it out. We're blessing the people of God because God's getting ready to bless again. He's getting ready to bless again. Now, First Kings 18, verse number 4, 3. Watch what he says now. Watch what he says And he said to his servant, watch this, go up now, look toward the sea. You cannot see this now in the natural, but he says, you go up and you look toward the sea. The sea represents the spirit. See, you got to look toward the spirit in order to see that there's an abundance of blessings coming your way. He says, uh, uh, and he says, go to his servants, to go, he said to his servants, go up now, look toward the sea, look toward the spirit, look toward the spirit. And he went up and he looked and said, there's nothing. What do you do when, 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 when God gives you an instruction and you follow it and nothing is there? He said, go up, go, 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 look in the spirit, go, go look, go look. And he, he went, he was a servant. So we, you see, sometimes uh, uh, when it comes down to, to the house of God, that, that, that the servants are, uh, cannot always see what God has given to the visionary. And can I put it that way? Amen. Sometimes you, we don't understand, we can't see. He said, I don't see nothing. What he tells him to do? And he said, the latter part of 43, go again, how many times? Seven times. Seven means uh, uh, there's a number for perfection. He said, go until it's perfected. You keep going and 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 you keep going until you can see something. The sound is there, but you got to, God said, I'm going to see how obedient they are. Whenever they go to the well and it's dry, well, are they willing to go back again? Are they willing to believe what God is saying? Watch what happens here in verse 44. Hmm. This is good. Rich. And he says in verse 44, And it came to pass at the, what, what time? The seventh time. The seventh time that he said, Behold, there arises a little cloud out of the sea like a man's hand. And he said, go up, and he said unto Ahab, prepare their chariot and get thee down, that the rain stop thee not. You see, it didn't happen to the seventh time. How many times have we, we have faltered or given up in the 11th hour? Right before the time God is getting ready to bless, we'll give up. Right by the time, at the place where we're about to accomplish what God said he's going to do in us, and we're about to reach our destiny, we stop in the 11th hour. He went up, he said, the very last time, he's on the seventh time. That means at the very end of it. Why at the very end? When we come to the end of ourselves, 
That's when God blesses. When we come to the end of ourselves, that's when God blesses. On the seventh time, then he says this. He says, and behold, there arises a little cloud. The word, the cloud, there is the word. The word is in the spirit. The word. And it says, a cloud out of the sea. The word out of the spirit. And he said, it looks like a man's hand. He goes up. And he sees a hand coming up, and he said, it looks like a man's hand. It looks like the power of God rising up out of the spirit. And when he, when he sees that, then Eli- he comes back, and he tells Elijah, and then he says, now you better get down, Elijah. You better get down, Ahab. He said, you better prepare your chariot. You better get down because the rain is to keep the rain from stopping you. In other words, God is about to release blessings upon your life and we've got to be obedient to the, to the Spirit of God so that we will not uh, hinder or stop our blessings. He said our blessings. Last verse, last verse. Verse 45, 1 Kings chapter 18. It says, And it came to pass, hmm, in the meanwhile, that the heaven was black with clouds and wind. Mm. The heavens were black with clouds and the wind. Sometimes before our darkest hour, that's when the Lord will allow the blessings of God to flow upon our life. He says, now that, 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 now that thing that comes up out of the spirit, he says, now he said, I looked toward the heavens and he said, it's black and the, and the clouds and the wind. Uh, and he said, and there was a what? A great rain, a great flow of blessings. And he says, and Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. So where, where, where does he go? He goes up and he, he, and, and he takes Elijah on his word and he goes down because he believed. Now you're talking about a heathenistic king now. One had uh, withdrawn from the God and he obeyed the man of God and he gets down and he tells me, you better hurry and get down because the, the blessings are about to really come down upon you. And when he did, he said, I got to go to Jezreel. Now, Jezreel is a place of refreshing. It's a place of refreshing. A time of refreshing. You see, when, whenever you're, you're going through a drought season, after it's over with, it's time to refresh yourself. It's time to refresh yourself. Have you been going through some stuff? And then all of a sudden, God said, that's enough. I need to take my people to Jezreel, a place of refreshing. And I don't know about you all, but it's just like, when it pours down raining in the natural, and when the rain is over, and it seems like it's something about what happens after the rain is over. You can walk out and you can look at nature, and it looks like everything is back alive again. Everything is alive again. God said when your drought season is over, and it's about to be over, <laughs> thank you, Holy Spirit. He says, refresh yourself. Refresh yourself. Refresh yourself. Refresh. Refresh. Let's give God a hand clap of praise for his word. Amen. 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 I pray that you all have been blessed by the word of God. And I, but most of all, I 